Welcome to the Exponential Edge podcast with your host, Arya Salur. I'm excited to have you join me on this journey exploring the forefront of technological advancements and innovation that will shape our future. As a rising junior at Acton-Boxborough Regional High School and the CEO of SecArmor, a cybersecurity startup, I've always been fascinated by the transformative power of technology. In this podcast, we will dive deep into five key areas that are poised for exponential growth in the next decade. We'll be exploring the realms of cybersecurity, generative AI, sustainability and climate tech, biotech and human longevity, as well as the reshoring of manufacturing. These topics hold immense potential to revolutionize our world and redefine the way we live, work, and interact. Each episode will feature insightful conversations with experts, thought leaders, and visionaries who are at the forefront of these fields. In just 30 minutes, our goal is to provide you with five signature nuggets of wisdom from our guests. These key takeaways will empower you with knowledge and help you stay ahead in an ever-evolving technological landscape. Without further ado, let's introduce our guest for this week. Hello, everyone. Today, our guest is Remco Voss, CEO of Cujo AI. Hi, Remco. Hey, Aria. Thanks for having me on the show. On the show. Of course. So to get started, could you just briefly go over your career thus far? Sure. Um, so I grew up in the Netherlands, um, did an aeronautical engineering degree there, uh, ended up being a, a software developer, but always wanted to... Um, um, sort of be more on the on the business side, uh, and and so um, you know that made me sort of at some point decide to do an MBA. I ended up at uh, MIT Sloan in, uh, in 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 Boston and or Cambridge, I should say. And um, um, yeah, from there I ended up in in various roles in the, in in the US. So I stayed in the US after that, uh, as, uh, initially as product manager. Uh, in in sort of both large and small companies, eventually ending up at, at Comcast, where I was leading a um, um, sort of uh, emerging technology team that was really looking at like how can we use technology to augment existing Comcast uh, services, and sort of um, you know, there I came uh, or I, I got in touch with uh, with Kujo AI, and when they started looking for a new CEO, that sort of became my new new job. So that's that's how I ended up at, uh, at Kujo. Mm-hmm. Yep, great. And uh, like you said, you went to MIT Sloan, obviously one of the probably the best business school in this country. I think so. And one of the best in the world, right? And hub of innovation, great people there. And how did that environment shape your entrepreneurial journey so far and into leading a cutting edge company like Kujo AI? Yeah, so... You know, like I said, I, I I always liked technology, and and um, but I, I I like technology very much in the context of the of the the business problem that it's trying to solve, and and so when I was looking for an MBA, I was really uh, purposefully looking at a school that would combine both both technology and and uh, obviously business, and I think that that is where where MIT sort of really was my 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 first choice because it it sort of. It's not just the curriculum; it's it's the people that that uh, that you meet there, the people that you work with, both in school as well as outside of school. Uh, sort of all live and breathe technology, and and um, you know, so so from that perspective, 
you know, a lot of exposure there, a lot, a lot of like, sort of exposure also to small startups, which when I went there, uh, sort of graduating in 2001 was, was like sort of a big thing, obviously with the, uh, sort of the internet exploding at that point in time. And so a lot of people were looking at small companies and, and, um, yeah, it was, was, was a great environment to, to be a great environment to learn and, 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 and learn all sort of not just looking at the great examples, but also hear from people who did a startup that didn't work. And, yeah, it's, uh, uh, from that perspective, I think, uh, learned a lot there on, on, on what to expect when you are, uh, working with smaller companies. And I've done a few since then in, during my career as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, technology and business like was the intersection that you wanted to work in. And I feel like what, what's the use of technology that doesn't really help anyone, right? That doesn't solve a problem that we have in the world, right? So this is, uh, there's so much around us. And I think that um, in, in, in a way, there's a, there's a lot of helpful technology. Let me not like trivialize that. There's a lot of, difficult problems that are solved with, with technology. And by and large, it's fantastic, all the focus that we have on technology. But sometimes, um, you know, I feel that um, people lose track of, of what, what is actually the problem that, that we're trying to solve. Like there's, there's just this one example that I recently have with uh, um, Teams, like the, the tool that we use for uh, video conferencing within, uh, within Cujo and Sort of every now and then, it seems to think that my iPhone is the preferred method of doing the video, while the audio is coming from my laptop, and I don't know why. And there must have been somebody who thought about that and thought that this was going to be a neat feature. But I think that question of why—that is probably the most important question that you should ask when you start to work on technology. It's like, why would I do this? Why um, would somebody be interested in this feature? How would it help them? And and I think that uh, that question isn't always asked, and that then leads to technology for the sake of technology that 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 isn't really solving a real problem. And um, yeah, yeah, and that's actually awesome because I've seen I like I see that when I look at Cujo AI's products, I see that um, that value in them. They're all made well, it's, it's, for. Yeah, and, and it's it's something use. that that yeah, sorry, it, it it is something that you know we really try to think about this, especially as a small company. It is, and that goes back to sort of what you learn when you go to a business school is that you have to make choices, and you need to make the choices in such a way that you can build a a successful company, and that means that you know saying no is at least as important as saying yes. And, and, you know, whether to say no, whether to say yes, that uh, you, you need to ask yourself the right questions to get to that answer. And, 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 and again, this is, this is what I like about technology, the intersection of technology and business, why I like to become a product manager, because this is, this is the essential sort of skill and, and, and goal as a product manager is to answer those type of questions. It's like, why would we do this? Why would we not do something else? And, and that's, that's a great question to think about. Yep, definitely. So, also, I, I was looking up Kujo, obviously, in preparation for this, and I wanted to get to know, what where did the name come from? Because I was looking it up, I couldn't really find it anywhere, and it's an interesting <laughs> name, it's an awesome name. 
I mean, I saw, it's, I looked uh, it up, and I saw a Stephen King novel with Cujo being a dog in that novel. But yes, that's not really so. So, so obviously, I joined Cujo long after the name was um, was selected, and um, you know, Cujo is the the, the book that uh, that Stephen King wrote and was later turned into a movie. It's about a dog that that guards a home. When Cujo was was founded. Um, it was with the attempt to uh, uh, protect the home network, all the devices connected to your home. So from that perspective, protecting the home, you know, it used to be a dog. Now it's, it's, it's Cujo, the, the, the cybersecurity solution. That made a lot of sense. The part that, quite frankly, I never really got and never got a real answer to is that, you know, it's actually a horror movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the dog yeah. does a couple of things that you wouldn't want a dog to do. So, um uh, I never, never really understood like how we ended up with that name, but that's the history, and 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 uh, you know, it's, it's we keep it like that. It's it's a little bit of a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because I didn't, I didn't even know if that had anything to do with it. And hearing it from you, yeah, I, that no, part makes uh, sense at least the dog and security. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny. Mm-hmm. We keep so it. Uh, going into. Going into cybersecurity and AI, um, they've been going hand in hand recently a lot. And how has AI transformed the landscape of cybersecurity and particularly in anomaly detection? Yeah, I think, you know, what AI allows us to do and, 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 and quite frankly, it's not just AI. It's, it, it's, it's a number of di- different data science techniques that, we, that we're using but like what what ai allows us to do is really operate at, at a scale that would not have been possible um without uh sort of technologies like ai like you know on, on, on a daily basis there are millions of new pages new websites that are coming up that people are serving to um for us to identify which of those uh websites are potentially malicious and with, which are not uh, which threats that that uh, operators that are trying to to connect to devices in, in the home uh, are malicious and which ones are not those are questions that you know at the scale at which we operate we're like in in, in tens of millions of homes in, in north america and, and europe you can only solve if you have uh, technologies like ai to help you do that there is no way that you can do that with with just uh, humans, so so for us, AI is very much a way to to scale uh, the knowledge that we have and help us identify in that in that in that huge sort of internet, like sort of what we believe is is malicious and what is not. It is a little bit of a double edged sword, though, because it also has uh, obviously the technology is also available to uh, to hackers and 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 cyber criminals, and 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 they can use it to to build quite sophisticated campaigns. So. It allows us to scale, but it also has increased the complexity of, of the threats that we that we need to deal with, and and so it's it's from that perspective a little bit of an arms race in in, in terms of, of what you do with it. But yeah, the the fundamental answer is is like we wouldn't be able to deliver the security solution that we do today without uh, AI because we wouldn't be able to scale to uh, to to meet all the threats that we uh, that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Could you go in depth to the software that you guys use uh, to protect homes and 
other products that you may make? Yeah. So, so, so fundamentally, like our, our value proposition is, is that we, we protect every device that is connected to your home web network, whether it's via cable or like an ethernet cable or via Wi-Fi. really doesn't, doesn't matter for us. Everything that is connected, uh, we, we, we aim to protect that. And, and the way we do that is we have an agent running on the gateway or, or a router that sits inside your, your home. And, um, that, gateway or our, our, our firmware on that gateway is picking up on uh, the, the data that, that traverses the, the gateway. And we analyze that data to see if there's any, any malicious activity that we can identify. Um, we have a, a large cloud application where we do a lot of the actual uh, processing of that data. So there's an interaction between um, the gateway inside the home and the cloud inside an AWS environment where we, uh, um, uh, where we uh, you know, that, that interact with each other to, to analyze that traffic. And we need to do all of that real time, obviously, because, you know, it's when you want to go to a website, you want to go to a website now. So we have milliseconds to uh, do our analysis and say like, yeah, you're good to go or like, no, that's, that's, uh, uh, that is not safe. Or, you know, when, when somebody, when you're outside, you try to connect to a device inside your home, you know, we need to be very quick in our analysis. Like, is that a trusted a source where this request is coming from or is it not and 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 so uh, all of that needs to be done in, in in milliseconds so that that expect or requires a lot especially at the scale that we're doing it like i said tens of millions of homes um we're dealing with billions of requests on a, on a on a daily basis that we need to we need to process and so there's a lot of optimization that we do on the on the gateway itself inside the cloud to 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 handle all of those requests in in uh you know, and as as efficient way as we as we possibly can. And then you, you know when it comes to anomaly detection, I think that's that that's that's where you're going. Is like yeah the yeah. um the, the, you know the, the, this is this is where where we we use a lot of AI um, sort of you know we analyze each request. When you go to CNN.com, we know that now that's a safe site, so we don't have to worry about that. And 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 so we know which sites are are, are safe when there's a new website that you're going through, we need to do an analysis of, of like, well, is that something that, uh, that we, is there anything suspicious in the way that the URL is configured in the, the information is asking the user for, so very quickly we, we do that analysis and then we say like, okay, no, this looks fine and, and, and you should do it. Uh, and, and this is not, and, and this, this looks suspicious, but you know, that whole analysis there is a that is not a, a a binary question. We never know for sure whether something is malicious or not. We just think that uh, well, you know, a lot of people go here. It seems okay, and um, and 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 well, this is something new, and it has something that that is different from other similar websites that we that we have known. So we think this one is is suspicious, and so this is where. Uh, sort of AI uh, plays a big role, and 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 the quality of the AI is is very important because obviously if you do that wrong, then you block people from accessing a whole lot of different websites. If you do it right, then you filter out exactly those that are uh, that are malicious, and and you allow people to access uh, all the all the other ones that are that are uh, good. And so that is uh, sort of the, the art in in the science that we uh, that we apply to to get that that balance just right. Mm-hmm. And once you get this information, uh, do you relay it back to the internet service provider? What do you, what do you do? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so 
we our our customer our primary customer is the internet service provider so we're integrated in their software on their gateway we're integrated in their back office uh in 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 their cloud environment um and and so yes the, the data that we collect the what we feed back to the to the service provider is like uh hey on remco's uh iphone we have found like a a threat and we've blocked it so that's the type of information we 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 send back um you know, we, we obviously, we, as a company, Kujo, we aggregate all of our information. We analyze all of the information that we have across our customers. And that is one of the ways in which we scale because we just have access to a lot of, uh, a, a lot of data. All of that data is, is ours. But when we block something, we share that with, uh, with the service provider so that they can relay that to, to their customers. So they can tell, uh, like Kujo does not interact with Remco directly. Remco interacts with his service provider and Kujo tells the service provider we blocked the threat on Remco's iPhone and the service provider then can share that with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I wanted to ask, so obviously people get new devices uh, very frequently nowadays. Just anything like new home security systems or a new iPhone or something like that. So how does Kujo stay up to date with all the new devices that are connected to a home system. Yeah, this is so. So we call that device intelligence, and and it's actually a fundamental part of our solution is to to identify all of the devices that are connected to your home network. And a in our case, uh, a it, it's a complex topic and a, a differentiator. It's an area that we're really good at, and it's fundamental. Mm -hmm. Like for us to understand the devices in the home is fundamental to secure those devices. If you don't understand what a device is, it becomes really hard to, to secure that device. And so uh, device intelligence is really, really important uh, element of our, of our solution. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, there are thousands and thousands of different devices that we've encountered. In, 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 in total, we've, we've worked uh, since uh, 2017, we've, we've identified over 2 billion different, uh, different devices. And, wow. um, and, and, and yeah, the, the number of device models is, is staggering. Yeah. This is another area where AI comes into play. So we analyze the device as it connects to the, to the gateway and, 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 and analyze the, the, the packets that are exchanged between the gateway and that, uh, and that device. And, and, and uh, we use that to identify device. Now we have thousands and thousands of, of rules that help us specify the vendor of that device, the, t the model of that device, the operating system of that device, the type of device, is it a thermostat, is it a camera? And, and um, so these, these rules help us identify that. And we use actually AI to use those, um, to, to identify which are the appropriate rules to, uh, to recognize the device. And so it's a complex interaction. That's what I meant earlier. It's like AI is really mm -hmm. important, but it's not the only data science technique that you have. And so we, yeah. we use a combination of, of techniques in this case to, to identify those devices. It is, it is difficult, uh, which is um, sort of good for us because we're good at it. It's also hard because yeah. uh, it's difficult. Um, but, um, um, you know, the, and, and, and so that means that sometimes you get it wrong. And, and so there's also a human, human factor there. Like if we cannot figure out if we, 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 we use uh, AI and, and, and our uh, other technologies to, 
really uh, try to identify the device automatically at first if for whatever reason that doesn't work or we're not sure about it that's when uh, a human comes into play so this is you know a great mm -hmm. example of of how ai helps us scale like we would never be able to keep up with the devices if we would need to have an analyst look at each new device that comes in and try to figure it out or or worse we would have to buy each device that is released and 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 uh, sort of recognize it that way uh, but there are devices and there are situations where we cannot figure it out. And, and that's when we have to dig deeper and we've encountered something new, something that we haven't, haven't seen before. And, and that is sometimes where we, uh, where we do use those human analysts. So it's a real nice interaction between technology and, and, and humans. And do you think that your AI could get to the point where there is no human intervention or like very minute human intervention? Uh, we we would like to get there, but you know I think the, the nature of technology is that it continues to evolve, and and it evolves on the device side in in terms of what those what those devices do, and I think that in itself causes a, a challenge to to do it sort of completely automated. And then there's also a trick, or like there, there's sort of the question of like you know how much data does the device share? What we've seen over uh, sort of uh, the course of the last years is that devices share less data than they did in the past. They're less chatty, and it makes it a little bit harder for us to uh, to identify the device that, that that we're working with. And so, it is an uh, it, 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 the, the space continues to evolve. And and so, ideally, from my perspective, yes, we would be able to do it uh, fully automated, and and you know, we 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 achieve high degrees of of, of automation. Will we ever get rid of the situations where there is something new? I don't think so, just by by nature of the fact that we're dealing with technology and the technology itself is evolving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to the amount of information that goes through uh, Cujo and the Internet Service Provider Gateways. Uh, so packet inspection is a term that viewers may or may not be familiar with. Uh, but could you elucidate its importance in cybersecurity and how Cujo integrates it into its defense mechanics, especially like deep packet inspection and how you don't violate privacy of your customers? Yeah, if you if you think about like a packet, like everything that you do on the internet, whether it's the video stream of our of our conference call or the audio part of it, or when you browse to a website and you download some text, all of that is is essentially packaged in a packet and um, um, there is the payload to the packet which is typically encrypted and then there are the headers of the of the packet so when you're on the enterprise in the enterprise world uh, you have you can tell your employees we monitor everything that you're doing and you can just you know look at at, at every aspect of, of, of all those packets to make sure that there's nothing uh, malicious going on we work with service providers Nobody wants their service provider to read the emails that they're sending and, and to watch the videos or to, to know which videos they're watching. And so we cannot, we cannot decrypt any of the packets that exist. So when you talk about deep packets in inspection, that is when you start to look at, at that encrypted part of the message. We don't do that. We only look at the headers of, of the message. And, and we need to use that to identify, well, where is ARIA going uh, with this uh, 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 URL request, like where, which website does it want to visit, and is that something that we that we trust or not? So we focus on the on the header part of the the, the packets, and we use that 
to identify the devices. We use that to identify uh, the nature of the interaction. We use that to identify whether we believe it's malicious or uh, you know, good to, uh, to go. And so, so there's only a little bit of information available uh, to us. And, and, and that's part of the, the challenge that we're, we're dealing with. It's also the difference, quite frankly, between an enterprise solution and a solution focused on the, on the home on the home network, we simply don't have access. We, well, first of all, we don't have the compute environment that an enterprise solution has where it can just run on, on, on large servers. We run on a small gateway with a little bit of CPU, a little bit of memory. And on top of that, we only have a limited amount of data to, to do our analysis. So it makes makes our solution, uh, it's, it's a challenge of the solution that, 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 that we bring to the market. It's like, how do you use the little bit of information that you have on that small compute environment and still Within milliseconds, arrive at a decision whether or not that uh, that that URL request is is malicious or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really amazing. How you guys have, like you said, such little information. You don't even have to open the packet up to be able to provide your service. No, I think that would be the end of our solution if we start doing that because I don't think that the customers of the service providers would uh, would like that. I certainly wouldn't like that. And uh, so, yeah, we cannot uh, we cannot go there. Mm-hmm. And so once the anomaly is detected, uh, I believe you guys go into device quarantining. Uh, could you go in depth to that? Yeah, so, so this is actually, uh, so we, we don't quarantine device. We, we look at, at each of the connections that are coming from the device. And um, some of those connections may be entirely legit. And um, I'm just, you know, you may be watching, just use a laptop as an example, you may be watching a, a video on YouTube, that's perfect, we have no problem with that. And you know, sort of in another screen, you're browsing to a website where we think like, hey, that's, that's, that's malicious. We don't want to quarantine the device, you should be absolutely be able to, to watch that, that video, we just want to block that one connection to that one website. So we focus on the connection and we assess each connection individually to make sure that it's legit. And it's when, when we think that there's something wrong, then we, we, we block that connection. And we do that, you know, for the handheld devices like the laptop and the, and, and, uh, the mobile phones, but also, for example, for the, the cameras inside your home or your, your thermostat, like, you know, there, you know, those devices have a very predictable, uh, behavior. And, and, and so we allow everything that we know to be common for that device to happen. But if all of a sudden something different happens and your thermostat, reaches out to China, uh, just making it up. But, you know, that's like, hey, that's suspicious. Has it ever done that before? Why is it doing that? We would block just that connection to, to China, but you can still manage the temperature inside your home. And, and so, uh, so because we think at the connection level, not at the device level, we don't have to quarantine the device. We can just essentially uh, allow or disallow a certain connection to, uh, to happen. So it doesn't block the user's experience at all. It just blocks. That's that is okay. the key thing. Yes, that's absolutely key. And 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 again, this is something where, you know, we we deal with with families inside homes who typically do not have much of an experience with with cybersecurity and and don't know sort of how to deal with it. So, um, very important that they can continue to use the devices as they're used to. And we just block whatever we are uncomfortable with, and and that way we you know we allow there as much as possible the the, the user's experience to be as good as it can be. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's great to know. And I wanted to to end things off 
Um, I wanted to go back to your career before you came to Cujo AI. So I saw you were part of many different fields like smart grid and smart city initiatives, communications, and digital security at Comcast. So how did all these different professions and fields that you've had experience in uh, amalgamate into what you've done at Cujo? Yeah, so, so I think every time that I that I did something new, I was looking for a new challenge, not just in 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 the role, but also something that that would teach me something new. And I think what I've learned from that goes back to actually where we started that conversation about like when you ask like you know give me an example of of of, of bad technology in a way. And I think that that by you know, being part of, of a number of different companies that all deal with different technologies, I think it, it, it trains you to really think about like, why are we actually doing this? And, 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 and that question why, uh, I said it at the beginning, is, is I think fundamental to everything that we do. And it's, it, it's, it's something that, you know, I think drives everything that, um, that we do at Kujo as well. Like it's, it's, Kujo started as a cybersecurity company, and it's still a very important part, the biggest part of, of, of uh, you know, our, our, our company. But what we realized is that really what we're good at is the analysis of the data that goes through the gateway. And so that data can be used for security for sure, but there's a lot of other use cases where that same data can be used. Like we talked a little bit about device intelligence. Well, there's a lot of operational use cases within a service provider, but that same data can be used to optimize processes. How do you manage and optimize the Wi-Fi settings inside your home? If you know what devices are connected to that network, you can do a better job than if every device is the same. And, and so look, taking, taking a step back, I think what I've learned is taking a step back and, 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 uh, and, and looking at each of those um, uh, and, and every time I joined a new company and really sort of ask myself that question is like, you know, why are we doing this? And what are the alternatives of doing this? And I think that that is, has become part of how I think. And that's become part of how I now try at, at Cujo to look at like, what are the different ways in which we can use the technology that we, that we already have? How can we use it for different uh, use cases? Good for us, good for our customers. And so that makes for good business. Mm -hmm. Nice. So finally, could you just provide us with your five key takeaways from our conversation? Um, I, I think first and foremost, it's, 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 it's one thing that uh, uh, by nature of, of being at Cujo, I think everyone at home now has a lot of connected devices and that, num and that those devices, the number of those devices will, will continue to grow. Like your, your, your next fridge, if it's not connected already, will be con connected the laundry machine, uh, the clothes that you'll be wearing. And I think one thing to think about is that, you know, each of those devices, because it's connected, it's a potential cybersecurity risk. And, and yes, companies like Cujo can do a lot to secure that device, but, um, I think there's a lot of, of, there is a big responsibility there for individuals like you and me also that, you know, to make sure that, you know, we set up, we, we, we don't use default, uh, user IDs and passwords. We set up strongly encrypted, uh, passwords. We, we, we change them every now and then. And really, so think about, think about not just the utility of the device, but also the security of the device. Uh, you know, when you get into the car, 
you put on your seatbelt. When you buy a new device, you make sure it's secure. That's sort of sort of my 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 number one thing because like no matter what we can do, like um, it, it, it at the end of the day, it's 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 the user who's ultimately responsible for securing their own data. Um, second, um, you know, I think we talked a lot about this, like AI and data are, um, sort of key to, to our solution. And I think, you know, if I compare like where I started in my career, um, you know, we were building software applications that were meant to keep the data and, and make data available to, to processes right now. So sort of the data itself has so much value and, and there's a lot of value in, 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 in collecting that data and, and, and using technologies like AI to see what value that data can, can deliver. So the, the software is, is just a tool to collect the data, the values in the data itself. And I think that like certainly um, sort of, people at the at the beginning of their of their careers like you i think that's 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 a it's a very interesting area to look at i think the the, the world has fundamentally changed the world will continue to change so so don't get stuck on this but i think it's it's, it's very good to be aware sort of you know where the value is being generated uh, nowadays and that's in the in in the data and then um i think there's there's one third one i think that i have i don't know if i can get five but like uh, mm, sort of, fun. you know, what I mentioned before is like, you know, I, 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 have always looked for challenges and, and, and I think in, in the steps that I take in my career and, um, I didn't necessarily expect that that would ultimately get me to the role of CEO at, at, at Cujo, but it just happened and it happened because I was looking for challenges and because I continued to, um, to learn. And and I think that that is something you know, a little bit of career advice, perhaps. But like, you know, I would certainly suggest that that you, you know you continue to challenge yourself, you continue to learn, and I think you you use that to look for new opportunities because the, the new opportunities is, are not coming from doing the same thing over and over again. They're coming from from taking the next step, challenging yourself, stumbling sometimes, uh, uh, but taking the next step and and, and learning. So uh, I think if I look back i'm not nearly done with my career yet but if i look back at my career so today then then i think that has always helped yep thank you for those and thanks for joining us again today yeah thank you it's great being here. Mm -hmm. and thanks for everyone for watching today's episode of the exponential edge podcast and join us next time to listen and learn about trends that will see exponential adoption in the future thanks ramco Thank you, all right.